0: Is The Talking Dead a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show The Walking Dead? Hi, my name is Chris. My name is Jason.
1: My name is Karen.
0: My name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 217, recorded on Sunday, April the 26th, 2015. Welcome to the program, Jason and Karen, from The Walking Dead cast. (laughs)
1: Thanks, guys. Thank you.
0: (laughs) So we are here today to do our annual Season 5 wrap-up crossover, and this is the second half of the show. The first half was done on The Walking Dead cast, so if you haven't listened to that... By all means, head over to walkingdeadcast.com and uh, grab that episode. You can also find them on on iTunes, I guess, by searching Walking Deadcast. Yep. So that's an easy way to find it. So go listen to that for sure. I guess the order that you listen to to these in doesn't really matter that much, but Mm -mm. if you want to count down from 10 through 1, then you're going to have to go and uh, grab their show first. But what we do here is uh sort of just top 10 sort of discussion points for season 5 and I like to call them top 10 stuff and things cuz it's not really whatever yeah it's not really positive not really negative it's just stuff we want to talk about uh, yeah. when it comes to the season so uh we are here to do number 5 through 1 um which we will get to in a second the first thing I want to do though is ask you guys a question and this kind of came to me while we were recording the other half of this uh, podcast on your show, and that is whether or not The Walking Dead scares you, whether it frightens you, whether you watch and you get freaked out um, after five years, partly, but or if you ever did. So what do you guys think? Does this show freak you out still?
1: Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, I was explaining on the other, uh, the other half of our episode that uh, the season one, uh, episode one, the season premiere, uh, it was so crazy that I was sweaty and I was nervous and I had to pause it midway through to go get a drink. As uh, an adult <laughs> beverage because it was so freaky and I even dream about zombies. So yeah, it still freaks
2: me out. You dream Jason. about zombies?
1: I do. Yeah. And that's so been a cool. kind of a recent thing. It's been, um, it's been since, since season four, I started dreaming about zombies or walkers or what have you.
2: Are they yeah, like scary dreams?
1: Yeah. But so- normally they're, uh, I'm getting away. And uh, a lot of the times it's, Am I prepared? (laughs) Which, you know, I mean, it's just a stress dream about work.
0: Right. (laughs) So you're not actually getting attacked by zombies. You're just worried about whether you're going to run out of food and water and stuff like that.
1: Yes, that is exactly right. But it's because zombies are chasing me, so. Uh Right.
3: I I actually envy you, and uh, I think my my wife is similar, and I envy how she can get emotionally invested. Me too, because I can't feel anything. You know, I, I watch it from a, uh, from a distance, from a, uh, a critical angle. And, uh, I, I rarely get emotionally involved in anything. And I envy you that, that you can actually, uh, get, you know, invested in the characters, invested in the plot and actually, uh, you know, worry or get freaked out. Uh, and I can't watch horror movies, like just in general, uh, by myself because they bore me. I love watching them with other people because then they're entertaining and I can actually uh, feed off of their emotions because I don't have them when I watch them by myself. Hmm. I just, I get bored and I'm like, yeah, this is, I know exactly what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I I envy you that for sure. Do any movies scare you? Uh, not, uh, actually, The Descent kind of freaked me out because I'm claustrophobic, but that was it.
2: Interesting.
1: You don't cry?
3: No. <laughs> when
1: you're watching it, when, when, uh... Noah was being ripped apart That didn't make you sad and kind of teary-eyed?
3: Well, I recognized that it was a sad moment, but it didn't make me actually teary-eyed.
1: What happened to you? You're dead inside. <laughs> You're dead
3: inside. Yeah, no, it, it,
2: that's true. He chuckled. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that's funny. He's dead and it sucks to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I, I don't get scared. I get excited. I get scared for the characters sometimes and... uh I guess I don't really get too scared though, but, uh, I love watching it with my wife because she does. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like you, Jason, it's fun to be next to somebody who's reacting like that.
3: Yeah.
0: I I think I'm somewhere in between. Like I don't really get scared or freaked out, but I definitely get emotionally involved at least a little bit because there are scenes that, um, I sometimes just want to, jump up and cheer or, or close my eyes, not because it's scary, but because it's just like, uh, you know, I can't believe this is happening to these people or something like that. So I can Mm -hmm. kind of identify with them a little bit, but, uh, you know, unlike, you know, we're all talking about our, our significant others, but my wife has to cover her eyes sometimes too, when we're watching because it's Mm -hmm. just too much sometimes for her. So, um, but I, for me, that hasn't changed over five years. It's been like that since the beginning, and I'm, I'm happy that I'm still kind of invested in it that way.
2: Mm-hmm. When Noah got killed, I, I stood up. I don't usually stand up, when I'm watching TV. <laughs> but I totally yeah. did. I was like, whoa, oh my God, oh, my God. Yeah,
0: there there was a stand-up moment for me, too, actually, in season five. But it's one of my, uh, it's one of my items here on my list, so we'll get to it in a minute. Speaking of the list, why don't we get started? Um Jason or Karen, why don't you one of you guys start with your number 5? Go ahead Karen.
1: Okay, I'll jump in and I'll say my number 5 is Morgan, played by mm. the incomparable Lenny James. He's wonderful and I'm going to tell you about uh, an episode in particular that I loved him in and that was the season finale. And the introduction segment in particular, it's episode 16, uh, waking up in the car, smiling at the lucky rabbit's foot. And then he is at a campfire. The Wolfgang guy comes up to threaten him. And he is such, you know, he's so Joe cool. The second Wolf guy comes up from behind, but Morgan does not panic. He turns into some sort of weird Jedi ninja badass. And he's compassionate too he doesn't kill them he takes them out even warns them hey don't mess with me man but but takes them out and then puts them in a car to be found and his mantra is all life is precious and i love that and i love lenny james so lenny james's performance as morgan
0: you know what my favorite scene about that uh that fight with the wolves was is how morgan didn't really look at either of them directly, he looked sort of in the middle, and he used his peripheral vision to keep an eye on both of them at the same time. Yes, I thought that was such a cool touch.
2: That was yeah. cool. You know, I love
0: I Lenny enjoy. James.
3: I'll watch him in anything. I've and I have. I've watched as much as I can get my hands on of uh,
2: of the shows and and movies he's done. He's definitely a cool guy. <laughs> that was such a kung fu scene, and I could see myself thinking, "Oh man, come on, you it went a little too far." But I didn't. I just loved it. It was really cool.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, Okay. Jason, you, number five.
2: My turn. So I went back and looked at our top 10 from last season and saw that one of my items was what I was missing and hoping for next season. So this is what I was missing in season four and hoping they would do in season five. So I thought it would be fun to see if they did do any of that. So what I was hoping for is I wanted Glenn to have meatier storylines I feel like they did, especially towards the end, you know, he was sort of, he, he, I I love for one thing. I love that this whole season, he's really the one that holds on to his humanity the most. And he's a good person. He wants to save people and he's, uh, uh, stands up for mercy. He has mercy and he had mercy with Nicholas. And like I said, I don't know if I would have, I probably wouldn't, I would have killed him. But anyways, that was a good storyline for him to sort of mix in with Nicholas and Aiden and, stand up for himself and all that. So I, I wish they would do even more with him, but, uh, it's a really huge cast now. So I was happy with what we got. Uh, then I wrote quote, I'm still not sure about Abraham and Eugene. They're interesting, but they feel a bit shoehorned into me because they seem tonally a little more comic booky than the other characters, more like caricatures. Eugene makes me miss Milton. So next season, I hope they integrate better. (laughs) Um, And I feel like they have integrated better this season, but I still get that vibe sometimes that they seem like they came out of a different show. Yeah. All three of you guys were saying you love everything that comes out of uh, Abraham. I mean, Eugene's mouth. And I think even Abraham's dialogue has been a little hokey this season. I, I, I love it too, but it just feels somewhat like it comes from a different show to me. Mm -hmm. I've gotten used to it and there've been some really emotional moments with them, like Abraham in the construction zone and uh, Eugene with his dubstep van and stepping up at the end there that I really felt like, yeah, this is great. So I think they're settling in with me more and more, but they still feel a little bit like they don't quite belong to me. And then finally, I said, I'd like to see them have more trouble killing the zombies sometimes. And uh, I think it's still pretty easy a lot of times, but the the zombies definitely were a threat this season, as Tyrese, Noah, Aiden, and Bob can attest to. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) It occurred to me just now that I think with Eugene and Abraham, I think the big stuff that they they had in this season— for me worked really well like the construction scene you were talking about with Abraham and mm-hmm. you know uh Eugene's confession and, and stuff like that. But then they seem to continually inject little um almost little comic relief little bits with some of these characters, like Rosita dropping the pan on the floor to wake up uh wake up Eugene. And then when they walked into the party It was Rosita and Abraham, and Abraham's struggling with, like, this is weird. And she says, yeah, but they got beer. And he says, okay, I'll try it. You know?
3: (laughs) know.
0: Like, that kind of stuff, for me, is what feels a little bit out of place. But then maybe you need some comic relief. But the big stuff, I think, worked pretty well with these new characters. Certainly better than it did, or I thought it might, when they first introduced
2: them. To me, it's more the dialogue, hmm. the way they speak. It's not Rosita, but Abraham and Eugene, they both have this kind of just it, the dialogue doesn't sound like real people talk to me. And I think other shows like are a little more um, what's the word I'm looking for heightened or something where nobody quite talks like real people, but the. And then it's okay. But Walking Dead is so grounded that it just kind of sticks out to me, even though I find it entertaining.
0: uh, I wonder about Rosita. I mean, she's barely had a line on the show. How do you how do we know how she talks? Which one? (laughs) Rosita. Oh, I know. Yeah, but she's had some.
2: I guess she's had a few.
0: Uh, All right. Number Jason, uh, Jason M, number five.
3: That's me. So I'm just, uh, I'm not sure if I like this or not. So I'm hoping to just kind of open it up for discussion, but it's the, uh, it's the sp- number of split stories and timelines. We've had a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth, you know, Daryl showing up with somebody in the woods at some point. Uh, we've had the fire truck showing up out of nowhere. We've had, uh, Carol showing up, uh, to, saved the day and not to mention Morgan just kind of showing up out of nowhere as well. Uh, so we've had a number of split stories. We've had a number of split timelines. Uh, you know, when Carol showed up at the, uh, at, at the hospital, and then we had the flashback to her, her storyline. We had, uh, uh, Daryl showing up with, uh, with Noah, but we didn't know that at the time. And then we had their story, which then tied that together. So, I'm not sure if I liked the number of split stories and timelines or whether I didn't. So, uh but I know there was a lot of them. So, what do you, what do you guys think? Hmm.
0: Um I don't mind. I don't mind mixing up the storytelling method a little bit, right? Uh it's a pretty I guess The Walking Dead's been a pretty linear show all along. I mean, they've gone back once in a while, but Really, stuff just kind of happens. It's not like it's a show where, you know, you see the end and then we jump back and we see how you get to the end and so on. They don't really do that kind of thing, but I guess they did in season five a little bit more. They kind of teased some things and then jumped around mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't mind it. I think I'm okay with it. All
2: right. Yeah, I am too. Are you are you talking at all about... Because uh, I got a couple of different things. One is just the split, you know... Going down one timeline and then another, but anything about the improbability of people meeting?
3: No. No. So okay. I'm, I'm okay with that because, uh, you know, you have to kind of you know, willfully suspend your disbelief in order to yes. you know running into people just okay. in general. I've been in, uh, you know, a 500 meter by 500 meter park with 5,000 people trying to find somebody. And I spent the whole day trying to find them. <laughs> and I never did. I know, <laughs> and, in, yeah. and in fact, it was a girl that I was dating at the time. and I've, And I literally never saw her again. Like she's fine, and we broke up over the phone later. But I've never actually laid eyes on this oh, this, this woman again. But uh, so, wow. yeah. But in TV shows, you kind of just have to willfully suspend your disbelief mm-hmm. and uh, realize that people, you know, things are coincidental.
2: But that's yes. okay. You, you do, but I also I kind of like that uh, the Latino guy from the first season, Morales. Morales. Right. That he kind of disappeared and we haven't seen him again. I kind of hope we don't because it's nice to have one of those things where, yeah, sometimes you just don't see people again, you know? Right. But I totally do agree with you that also you got to suspend your disbelief. I know
0: where we're going to see Morales again. Are you sure about that? No, I'm not sure, but I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard something about that, too. <laughs> uh, what I wanted to say, though, one is... <laughs> At a Starbucks? Game of Thrones. <laughs> right, that's right. Um, <laughs> uh, one is, if you guys got to know Jason a little bit, you'd know that... And sorry, I apologize, Jay, if this is going to upset you, but a lot of his stories start with... <laughs> with so I was dating this girl... And and they and they end with, Man was she crazy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this girl wasn't crazy. I just never saw her again.
0: Okay, in that case, maybe man, I was crazy. Um and the other thing I wanted to say is uh speaking of time, uh what was the episode early on in the season when they had just scattered from was that Jesus, was that the was that this season? And we got different we got different storylines of people scattering through the woods, and um, shoot, maybe that was season four. That was season four. <laughs> yeah. Season four. That and, was after uh, the prison. Ty- that's right, after the prison. So it mm-hmm. started then. It started back in season four, and we got people mm-hmm. arriving at the same place at different times and stuff like that. I thought that was really, really cool, but
2: not relevant because it was in season four. <laughs> but I love when the show—yeah, I, and I also love how you know Scott Gimple has— has been saying this for a while now, but how he'll say, you know, this is a different show every eight episodes. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is. I love how they're not afraid to change it up. And uh, now that they're in Alexandria, I hope they can still find ways of doing that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Okay. My number
0: five, probably going to be a quick one, but I just wanted to mention Carol as a character. I think it's amazing what they've done with Carol over the years. And what struck me is that somehow They have made her one of the most evil and unlikable characters on the show, yet yet she's everybody's favorite. Yeah. Absolutely. And she's not
3: unlikable.
0: Oh, I'd like to differ. You don't
1: think she's likable, huh?
0: Well, I think it's tough to to like some of her actions. I mean...
1: Well, sure. Threatening the little kid.
0: She's evil, but I like it. Well And that's what I mean, that's why I think it's so interesting because yeah. there are other evil characters on the show, but you don't like latch onto them as like like the coolest one. Carol well. though she's she's burned people, she's killed them and burned them, you know, she was banished, True. and then she came back now, sure, she saved everybody, but whatever um and then she's threatening little children, and yet everybody's favorite character is
2: Carol, so it's it's yeah. amazing what they've done with her. So I always absolutely. say I like. I don't like her anymore. I really don't, but I love watching her.
1: Yeah, she's unbelievably compelling.
3: Is it is it all you love to hate her kind of thing, or is it you actually don't like the character and wish it would change?
2: No, I don't want us to change. Okay. I think no. it's fascinating, and I think she she could come around and be okay. It'd be someone that I'd like again. Like she hasn't. Well, I don't know. I'd have to think about that because I really, really don't agree with some of the stuff that she's done. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't want her to change. I mean, I I love flawed characters.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's a great example of a flawed character.
2: I think maybe that's, you know, the point. It's, she's
0: flawed and it's, it's compelling. It's interesting to watch and being evil, being good, whatever. If it's interesting, then, then it works out and people can, uh get on board.
2: <laughs> but she is an example of a character where people who are just more um kind of gut centered, they will, you know, they just go with their emotions and their gut and they don't uh they don't think about it too much. They'll be more likely to make a lot of excuses for her because they feel a bond with her. Mhm. Uh, that might be is, controversial to say, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's and, what I think, you know.
1: And actually, um am am I next? I think I'm next you are i'm gonna i'm gonna say this is my I'm gonna use my turn for defending Carol uh, <laughs> because I don't think she's evil actually uh, to me, evil is like chopping off Herschel's head. That's an evil act uh I think everything that Carol has done she could justify. I'm not saying I would justify it, but everything that she's done she could justify for the good of the group, such as killing. Karen and David, awful, awful, awful. That would uh, how
2: is that good for Karen and David?
1: Terrible for Karen and David. but <laughs> they're but part you of the could, group, but you could argue that it was that it was good for the group as a whole. She you could argue
2: that, that chopping off Herschel's head was the governor's way of showing his might so that he him and his group would be able to get into the prison. So, that was for the good uh, of the group <laughs> and and so that Herschel
1: was just like a talky guy and under mouth <laughs> of feed. <laughs> so it well, I'm day saying day Karen
2: day. and David are just what? They're yeah. just a couple of people who don't okay. matter.
1: For sure. <laughs> and and maybe I'm doing exactly what you said, which is people like her so much that now they're, they're going to scramble to justify her actions. Maybe that is exactly what I'm doing. But I don't think she's evil. I think she's. I, I, I don't and, either,
2: by the way. I don't believe in evil. i don't i I mean i think with the governor you know he if you were him and you lived through what he lived through then you would do everything that he did now walking dead has been really good at at that at making characters you know you be able to understand them there's no like mush mustache twirling villains
1: right right exactly um and i'm also going to say carol i love it was fun watching her acting career at alexandria um you know her her video interview when she first came to alexandria and she's like i just miss ed my old husband boy that lug yeah i sure (laughs) miss him and she's a people person and hey do you have a junior league here and how about that cardigan yeah she's hilarious so it was it's super fun watching her whether you believe that she's evil or not as you said um she's unbelievably compelling
0: yeah, and she's calculated, right? She doesn't do anything just for the sake of it. She, th- I think, she thinks about every all of her actions, and um, she has an agenda, and she has something that she wants to do or get done, and she takes the steps necessary to to get there. So, yep. yeah, evil yep. maybe isn't the right word, but definitely calculated. Yeah,
3: Carol's my my absolute favorite character on the show. See, absolutely. and she's and she's evil, I and mean, she's your favorite. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
2: <laughs> All right. Okay. Jason, you're number four. Four. Okay. One of the things that I loved about the season, it had tons of shocking scenes in a lot of different ways. The trough scene that we've already talked about was just mind blowing. Like, Holy cow. I can't believe they can even show that on TV. First episode out. Then Gareth talking to Bob while eating him. was just (laughs) unbelievable pretty over the top and i loved it i that's like one of my favorite i i've probably said that a few times this uh during these podcasts but that's definitely one of my favorite scenes of the whole series it's just so so unbelievable um then when they hacked the term termites up in the church that was very shocking then here's some examples of Scenes that were kind of shocking in other ways, like Gorman forcing that lollipop into Beth's mouth, is yeah. so hard to watch, you know. It's yeah, like that was ugh, creepy, creepy as hell. The sex scene with Abraham and Rosita I was kind of shocked by that because <laughs> <laughs> it was like very explicit. Um, Abraham bludgeoning a guy with I think with canned food. Beth's <laughs> accidental death was pretty shocking. Like, whoa, what just happened? Now, this is a kind of a weird one, but Rick shaving after the yeah. whole season, that showering and shaving. Yeah. It's impactful, right? Yes. Of course, one of the biggest ones was Noah's death, which I think is the goriest death we've seen on the show so far. Um, yeah, I think that's a good one to cap it off with.
0: Seeing anybody clean is, is shocking on this show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Uh next up, Jason, your number 4, I think.
3: Which Jason? Me? You, Jason. Me, Jason. Okay. So, uh I'm just going to bring it back to Carol cuz that was my my next one anyway. <laughs> uh her being my favorite character and how she's gone from uh you know, Carol from seasons past to badass uh, kickassery in uh in the in the season premiere to uh playing a weak housewife just kind of a uh Cardigan wearing, uh, tuna casserole making a uh, person that doesn't know anything about anything and sneaking around and stealing guns and threatening little boys. I just, uh, it's fantastic.
2: <laughs> yep. Carol is, is super fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's so great, especially that they've tied it back into her having been abused by her husband. And, you know, they even, sort of touched in on that earlier in the season when she went to that abuse center for shelter with Daryl. And then, um, just so then her interactions with Pete are so much more meaningful because of that, but also the way she handles herself in Alexandria, because you can imagine that as Ed's wife, she had to do a lot of pretending that everything was okay. So it's really, um, great the way it all fits together. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. My number four on my list is that I was a little bit surprised that they managed to make Alexandria interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I said early on, on our show, on this show, I guess, that the Alexandria section of the comic was always a little underwhelming for me, and I thought it was a bit of a lull in the comic. And so I was worried that the the same I would feel the same way about Alexandria in the TV show but I really didn't I really really enjoyed everything that happened at Alexandria and I think the two main things I want to touch on are making Rick the constable and him becoming a police officer again and you know I get that that was at times a little bit silly because he was walking around with nothing to do but investigate broken owl statues and things like that, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Alexandria in general, I think it was interesting because how it managed to stay totally unscathed all this time and how that contrasted with what, you know, our main group had been through. And, and I think that kind of worked for me. And then, uh, and then the Pete problem, um, you know, what I loved about that is I I personally wasn't able to come up with a perfect solution for it. Because you have on one hand Rick who wants to kill Pete, and to me that feels too extreme. And then, you know, I guess um Deanna's idea is to banish him, which to me seems okay, but maybe a little too risky because he could go out, gather more supporters, and then come back and attack them or do something bad. And then there's, right in between, there's separate him from Jesse. And to me, that feels like not enough because he's still there and you can't really watch him all the time and so on and so on. So I really liked how there was no clear right answer to that situation um, other than have him stop, you know, abusing her. But there was no clear way for me to sort of get on board with how to do that effectively. And I thought that made the whole thing really, really interesting. So... Um, just everything that happened at Alexandria worked out for me, and I was a little bit worried going in, but they did a good job with it.
2: I agree. To be fair to Rick, actually, at least what he proposed to Deanna was, let's separate him, and then if that doesn't work out, we'll kill him. But I guess um, there's you have a danger there that he might come and kill Jesse, and then you're like, oh, maybe we should have killed him in the first place.
0: Right, but even so, I think... <laughs> I'm not trying to say that, you know, abusing your spouse is, is acceptable in any way, but killing someone, and I know it's Walking Dead where, you know, you kill or be killed sometimes, but it just felt so extreme for something that there's, there's, I just felt like there's got to be a way to deal with this problem, Um, you know, that, that works for everybody and uh but I, I couldn't come up with a good one based on based on the world that they live in so i i like that because you know sometimes it's like well um someone's someone's threatening us so we got to take them out or they're going to take this out um take us out sorry and here i don't know i just i couldn't couldn't come up
2: with a great solution yeah. so and then you know- the, the problem just sort of solved itself
0: yeah in the end it kind of (laughs) did but you know that's a different thing
1: (laughs) they they sort of showed the same problem with uh, the episode in season 4 The Grove Mm -hmm. and here you have a little homicidal girl what are you going to do with a crazy girl and you can't there's no really there's no good institution to ship her off to to keep her out of harm's way and so you make her look at the flowers you know
0: you know, that's an yeah. interesting point. But when I think back on it, like, yeah, she she killed her sister. I mean, I guess they took, she, she'd already committed murder. So yeah. an eye for an eye, I suppose. But even that sort of felt ex- extreme to me, even though it made for amazing TV. <clears throat>
2: yeah, I mean, I kind of thought in that moment, oh, that was probably the right thing to do. But when we brought it up at... The podcast because it was a walker stalker weekend lou temple came in and he was not at all happy with that and i think i saw later on that he was part of some project that had to do with kids with disabilities or something yeah and so he's really attuned to you know kids and that have problems and things like that and uh he took it he took it really hard so it made me think, okay, let's get serious. Like, would, would that really be the thing to do? I mean, it, I, I, it's just so hard to answer some of these questions that come up. Well, you put yeah, yourself sure.
0: in that situation, and uh, you have to think about your own children and your own family, and yeah, yeah. it's it's certainly not an, an easy call or one that, you know, anyone should ever have to make, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: All righty, Karen, you're number three.
1: Yeah, Alexandria was on my list as well. And so I just wanted to add to what you already said, which is perfect, that I love the look of Alexandria. I mm-hmm. was so, it was so fun seeing it from the the crazy cocktail party to the weird crate and barrel pottery barn homes. It was great after episode after episode. I mean, the prison, how long were we at the prison? fun to see a set that's pretty you know mm-hmm. it was like we were watching an episode of home and garden television it's really strange <laughs> hgtv so that's all and
2: now, and now we know uh, that people actually do live there they they i think they built those homes for walking dead but in order to help finance it they allowed some people to move in it sounds oh, crazy, that but happened? that's what I read. Yeah. <laughs>
1: wow. That is crazy.
2: And so now they have to put up with filming and a big giant wall around their neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well.
2: You can look on Google Maps and actually see the wall.
0: So, oh,
1: that's they, so cool. they got
0: their satellite photos at the right time. And the other thing I think is hilarious is how that neighborhood is like two blocks away from downtown or what was downtown Woodbury. <laughs> You know they haven't right. yeah. in, in real yeah. life they actually haven't gone that far
1: <laughs> no they haven't oh sonoy we love you
0: it's a great
2: little town <laughs>
3: uh
2: okay Jason, Jason. number three <clears throat> so I loved that the deaths in this season were different and kind of this sounds sick to say but creative like um Bob who got bitten but didn't tell anybody because he just didn't want to bring it it down and wanted to continue to enjoy life even a little bit longer and then he gets to say goodbye to uh, Sasha and um, Tyrese overcomes his reluctance to kill to finish him off so Sasha won't have to not to mention the fact that he got his leg eaten in the meantime it's just really interesting versus just say you know oh he got bitten and they had to shoot him in the head or something. Then Beth getting shot by accident, even though I thought what Beth did was stupid. I thought it was really interesting that a life could just be gone in a flash like that, which is what happens in real life. Sometimes Uh, with Tyrese, I really liked that. He, he got bitten while kind of not paying attention, which I think was sort of a symptom of him not really feeling like he belonged in the world. But what I loved the most was that we got to spend a whole episode with this dying man, which I, we haven't really gotten to in walking dead before. And the way that whole played out with the hallucinations and you got to see his struggle. That was really interesting. And yeah. Fi- finally with Noah, uh, it was one of my favorite death scenes of the series because of the revolving door setup and everything. Um, and it just hit me really emotionally, I think more than any other death except maybe Lori's. Um, and like you guys said before, you know, I wasn't I didn't think I was that attached to Noah, but for some reason that death really got got to me. So What about Reg? Reg's death came out of nowhere. I didn't like that. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> Pete
1: Poor Reg.
0: I know, poor Reg. Uh Pete. Just had to get one neck slice in
2: before Rick shot him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys think that looked a little, I don't know, unbelievable? Crazy town?
0: Um, yes. Maybe a little like it's, I could see accidentally cutting someone with a
3: katana. I mean, you know. Can if,
0: you? Well, I don't know if you're careless with it, maybe.
3: <laughs> if <In the laughs> it's sharp and you're swinging it around in a crowd of people, yeah, I could see somebody getting cut. Uh, maybe. I don't know, but, you know, right to the throat. Yeah, cutting maybe, the jugular, but uh,
0: maybe not a, a death blow like that. But I, I, I think I'd probably be more at risk of cutting myself than, than anyone else. <laughs> but, uh,
2: but yeah, if Reg took... give me that sword and then whoop,
0: yeah, and I accidentally like chop ah! a finger off or something. But <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. But I think you're right. The deaths this season were all handled really well, and and uh, I liked what they what they did with them. Each one felt important. And it felt like it had weight and meaning, and and was impactful on the other characters. So they did a really good job killing off people this year. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they it's a did big part of the show, yeah, exactly. All right, Jason, number three. All right, so I am going to go with the the character of Aaron. I really like the Aaron character. He's yeah. probably one of the only characters, if not the only character, that doesn't really have an alternate agenda. He everything he thinks and feels, he says. And I believe him, he's honest, you know he has very little or no agenda, and he just tells you what he's thinking, what he's feeling, and uh it's the absolute truth he's just a a really nice guy and I like that character because it's such it's so different than anybody else on the show
1: absolutely absolutely and and how great is it by the way to see uh a healthy uh, functional relationship that's you know there, there's few healthy functional relationships on the show and that one is really unbelievably sweet the only agenda he seems to have is uh to find the license plates and do license plate <laughs> games it's really <laughs> nice right. and his relationship with with daryl yep. awesome yeah, it is he understands yeah. daryl probably better than a lot of people do
3: yeah absolutely no, he's was... just. Uh, I really like the character I really uh, I'm enjoying uh, I'm enjoying that character a lot Aaron
0: was a great character or is a great character and I you know I think the scene in the car when the two of them are stuck in the car and uh, on one hand I at first I sort of thought you know they're not panicking nearly enough considering there's a, <laughs> gi- a giant crowd of zombies like right outside that car um, but it it worked in the end for me just the the sort of the conversation they had and how both of them were willing to kind of jump out while the other while the other one ran for safety and um you're right the dynamic between the two of them really really worked well this season and uh i think that's the perfect job for daryl too going out on runs with with aaron looking for new people
1: and he gets to play with motorcycles in his garage i mean good lord what that's the dream
2: right there what could be better than that (laughs) right
1: <laughs> exactly
2: and I like the way Ross Marquand plays the character oh he just yeah. has a cool way about him a very earnest way yeah did, yeah did you guys interview him yeah I did
0: it, uh, it it's he awesome. he's he's cool he's a fun guy I uh mm-hmm. I've heard him in I didn't listen to yours sorry but I've heard him in other ones where <laughs> he's okay. done in, you know impressions and all that kind of stuff he yeah he's he's a he, good actor
2: he did his uh uh uh, who's that guy that's... Uh, McConaughey, um, right? Yeah, did Matthew McConaughey in The Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right, all right. We got it all going on in The Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a show I would watch.
0: <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> okay, uh, me, my number three is The Wolves. I just want to talk about The Wolves for a minute and kind of how I find myself a little bit conflicted about this whole idea of the wolves, because, um, you know, we know they're coming. We've seen all sorts of zombies and people, I guess, with W's carved in their foreheads, and we've seen wolves are near and wolves not far graffiti written on stuff. Um, and so it's pretty clear. I don't think it's a secret or or that's much of a stretch to say that the wolves are coming towards Alexandria next season in season six. What form that takes Um, And exactly what happens, who knows. But I find myself a little worried that they're actually going to get to that too quickly in season six when, um, you know, I just kind of finished saying before that I really find Alexandria interesting. I don't want Alexandria to get all screwed up that fast. And if the wolves show up, I feel Mm -hmm. like they're going to screw everything up too fast. So you know i'm 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 interested in the dynamic between morgan and rick that we've just mm-hmm. gotten a little glimpse at i i'm interested in in what's what they were trying to do in alexandria and how our group is fitting in and i kind of want to see a little bit more of that before uh, before things all go to crap like they usually do so i'm just a little worried that the wolves are going to come too fast even though you know i'm i'm not against the idea of them being out there or or mixing things up. But uh, I just don't want Alexandria to get screwed up too soon because I think the show has actually done a better job of making Alexandria interesting than the comics did. And uh, so I just don't want it to go away that fast. So I hope the wolves stay back for a little while. I don't know how you guys feel about that.
2: If I it's agree. good, I, yeah, I, I'm okay. Either way. Yeah. If it's good. I mean, they have set it up so that there's no cliffhanger. So they could have some time pass when we come back and not have had any interaction with the wolves yet. Yeah. I don't know if I want... I That's the other thing. I don't even know if I want too much
0: time to have passed. Like, I I really want to see how Morgan influences Rick and, yeah, and each other, right. you know? Like, yeah. I don't want them to be like six months later and <laughs> these guys are best buddies and, you know, everything. <laughs> like, that would, that would bug me. And I don't think they're going to do that because... You know, you don't bring Morgan in, and at that very moment, when you know Rick is presumably, you know, at a sort of a one of his lower points, I think you don't do that just to have it be swept under the rug. So, I I just make sure I just want to make sure we see that, and I feel like if season six opens and the wolves are at their door, and you know we're gonna lose all that that good stuff, which uh, would make me sad.
2: What if they do six months later, and the and Daryl's not there, and they, he's never seen from again, and they never talk about him?
1: <laughs> they just, they just, it's as if he never existed.
2: <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's just. Every kind of once funny. in a while, they might mention him. Yeah, I yeah. would
3: start a letter writing campaign. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they would be rioting at the AMC studios. It
0: really would. He'll be the guy that whose name they don't mention. It'll be you know that guy that used to hang around with the crossbow uh, We haven't seen him in a long time.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway, nice day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh number two karen
1: okay, so we've talked about the season finale quite a quite a bit um so that really was my um my number two i i love the season finale, even though there wasn't a giant cliffhanger there is a lot to look forward to for the next season and it's really funny you know I've been watching Mad Men and Mad Men is winding down and we're getting to the last couple episodes of Mad Men and I've been picking apart Mad Men maybe more than I should be actually comparing it to some shows but it's funny you know I I, I saw Mad Men and then I watched a Walking Dead episode and I, I gotta say by comparison walking dead is so strong it keeps the story going forward it keeps it, everything sort of advances with the walking dead at least it has the last couple of seasons so and and i really feel like that's lacking in mad men so um go ahead and, and write the hate mail to uh to karen at, at brains at, at walking com. uh so uh yeah the the season finale for it, um for me that was the the thing I loved.
2: Yeah, I liked it too. It's great. It was really good. <laughs> I w- yeah, I want to talk to you about Mad Men later, but we won't co-opt talking dead podcast. Really? <laughs> to we to get into the details. <laughs> All right, fine. Maybe, maybe we should just I'm, I'm curious. Merge. I'm a
3: season behind on Mad Men. I haven't watched anything from the last season which includes the stuff from last year. It's sort of repetitive.
1: I don't think I spoiled anything, but they could sure use some zombies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till you uh, see the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: All right. Uh, didn't they do some kind of Mad Men zombie mashup a couple of years ago, like a funny or die thing? I think. They oh,
1: that would be <laughs> worth watching.
0: I don't know, but um, uh, what's that guy's name on Mad Men? Don, John Ham. John Ham. He showed up on that Netflix show. The unbearable, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt in a really funny. Did he really? Movie. Yeah.
3: Oh,
2: but, uh, cool. But I gotta
0: check that out. You know, I I do wreck. It's a it's a weird show, but it's sort of funny. I saw
2: the first episode. I thought it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, I did. I I laugh at everyone, and he's uh, on later on. So uh, if you like him, go go watch that.
2: Cool. All right, Jason. Number two. Okay. okay. Number two is uh, getting back to civilization. I feel like this season was also about that. They. Um, Bob early on said, we can put the world back to how it was. Gareth said, can't go back, Bob. But they kind of are back now in a way. They're in Alexandria. It was hard for them to believe at first. Some people had an easier time adjusting than others. I think they still aren't quite adjusted. So that's why I agree with you, Chris, that it'll be interesting to see You know them deal with that a little bit more before it all goes to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but the season had a lot of that. There was a lot of references to time and watches, which I think signify civilization. Cause if, if you don't, you don't really need a watch unless there's a civilization mm-hmm. and the moment Rick takes Deanna up on her offer for sanctuary, he, he winds his watch. And then there was um, just the whole, the episode titles were about that speech that, Mm -hmm. dale gave about the watch and everything um even grady hospital a slab town i think was well here's an example of a civilization that isn't really working very well to get us a little wary of these groups so that when they made it to alexandria we would be right along with rick and everybody not trusting them right away but uh it's been a journey to civilization i feel like
0: and it can't last. It's all gonna fall apart before we know it. <laughs> right. In the first <laughs> right. fifteen minutes of next season. <laughs> Probably.
3: <laughs> uh all right. Good. Jason M. So uh we've talked about this ad nauseum, so this is gonna be uh pretty short, but it's just it's the whole hospital storyline. Uh Grady Memorial Hospital and Beth. I, I just it didn't work for me. And there was a number of reasons why it didn't it didn't work. It just I, the motivations inside the hospital didn't seem all that clear, and uh, exactly how many cops were there? It seemed like there was more cops <laughs> in that hospital every week. We got some and we one had, doctor and one doctor, <laughs> uh, and a, and a dead doctor, and then uh, it just it, everything seemed kind of muddled for me in the mm. the whole hospital storyline. So I, I I didn't like it, and I know that. Uh, many people would disagree with me but uh, it just it didn't work for me it just felt kind of flat
2: yeah i felt kind of the same way see i feel like well, that's
0: good. i felt like everything around the hospital didn't work but the inner workings of it were okay you know um the way it ended was bad the way the plan for, that our group had to to go in and rescue beth seemed ill-conceived and the Uh daryl carol episode when they went into into atlanta some of that worked some of it didn't really so like all that support stuff for that storyline i didn't think worked great but the actual hospital i thought was was just an sort of an interesting bit so kind of a kind of funny how that that works out
1: yeah (laughs) it's funny i had blocked out that carol and daryl even went into atlanta i'd blocked that out of my memory (laughs) 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 that's how disconnected i was from it
0: yeah it was it was one of those episodes a bit of a a standalone or bottle episode where you know it's just about them um and we've had really good episodes in the past that are that are like that but in this case this one just didn't hold up right uh all right is it uh is it me now it's you now. all right number two um for me is is morgan um the, the way they, they reintroduced Morgan I thought was cool just teasing him a little bit throughout the season uh, and not not too much you know we didn't really see too much of Morgan but they gave us just enough to keep us interested and, and then when they did reintroduce him right at the end in the season finale um, my sort of stand up and cheer moment was when him and Aaron and uh, Daryl met up and In that moment, I was so worried that they weren't going to make the connection and Morgan was going to go off on his way and they were going to drag it out even longer, you know. But then, of course, Daryl pulls out the map and he sees Rick's name, Rick's name. And that's when I jumped up and was like, yes, yes, they are doing, they're doing it right. They're doing what I want them to do. And they're not going to have Morgan go on his way and we won't see him for another, you know, eight or 16 episodes. So, um... I think they handled it really well they teased us and then they reintroduced morgan great in a great way and uh that's partly why i'm you know anxious to have him become a regular cast member in season six and see how it how it plays out so uh i think you said uh in the other half of this show jason that morgan is a guy you'd watch in anything and i i really agree with that and you know he hasn't he's he's one of the these great characters that hasn't been on this show very much just peppered in here and there. And, you know, maybe that's part of why I want to see more of them. But at the end of the day, I really do. So I'm glad they're bringing them back.
3: Yeah, me too. So when you jumped up, was that a a metaphorical jump up or did you jump up physically startling your wife and waking your kids?
0: (laughs) Well, I'm I'm two stories away, so it's hard to wake them up. But I (laughs) I leaned forward and raised my arms. I mean, that's that's as much as I got to, to, uh, you know, to, to jumping up. I didn't actually leave the couch, though.
3: So I was, okay, as a metaphorical, I just you know I wanna you know for the sake of clarity
2: right i i, I almost I was telling Karen before i f- almost feel bad for Lenny James because I do think that the sparseness that he's that Morgan's been on the show he's he's been in some great episodes, and I think he's a great actor, but i I hope that he can carry that level of just um awesomeness if he becomes a regular, you mm-hmm. know. I think it's yeah. a lot of pressure for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, it and it could change. I mean, we'll I I don't think he's going to be bad. I don't think anyone's going to get tired no. of Morgan, right? And he's a great actor and he's going to do a great job. Um, but I think after you're right over after a while we'll get used to him being around and it will no longer be that whole excitement when we see him on screen because we don't get to see it very often, but Yeah. I think all I really wanted to say, though, is that just the way they've they've teased him and reintroduced him into the show, I think, was really cool. And mm-hmm. hopefully he is really awesome, you know, going yeah. forward
2: from here on. I mean, I'm, I'm re- having said what I just said. I'm totally ready for him to be a regular cast member for a while and get some regular doses, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Lenny, Lenny
3: James will pull it off for sure. Exactly. That, I wouldn't I worry about that. that's
0: what happens. That. If anyone can pull it off, Lenny James, he is the man. He <laughs> is. All right. Karen, you're number one
1: my number one okay I'm gonna say what I thought one of the one of the points of this entire season and and actually of the entire series that it's always stuck with me it's one of the the things that I love about this this show and that's the theme of not giving up and this season there was a lot of that uh, of moments where characters were on the verge of giving up or maybe had given up and they came back and it I don't know what about that theme really gets to me, but there's something about people who are maybe stranded and the Andes, their plane crashes in the Andes, and by golly, they're going to walk down the Andes and they're going to get their asses rescued, you know? And this is the kind of, this is the the fictional fictionalized version of the stories of people not giving up, even when the odds are stacked so far against them and it's, you know, what kind of world do they really have to live in at this point but they are not giving up and it's so touching and it just, it rocks my world every time. For instance, when Maggie and Sasha, I mentioned earlier, they were talking during that scene in episode 10, them, during the sunrise and they were saying, we're not going to make it and that's the hard part. So they're committed to not giving up. And then Bob also told Sasha earlier as he was dying, he says nightmares end; they shouldn't end uh, who you are. That's just this dead man's opinion. And um, you know, there's, and there's a character who just wasn't about to give up. So I love that. And that's one of the reasons why I watched the show. So I think this season really um, hit a home run for me. And that's one of the reasons why.
2: That's cool. That is cool. Listen. Like that reminds me of that movie with uh, James Franco about the guy who had to cut <laughs> yeah. his own arm off. Yeah, oh, yeah. forty-eight,
1: forty-eight hours or
2: something
3: like that. One hundred and seventy-two. Yes, some number. Nine hundred and fifty hours. hours. <laughs> uh,
1: right. I cut off my hand to yeah, save myself. Yeah, they should have named that yeah. movie.
3: Guy cuts his own arm off to get away.
1: Yeah, and and how many people? could do that that's that is an iron will to live yeah. and you gotta you gotta hand it to people with that iron kind mm-hmm. of will it's beautiful
2: and it makes sense that the people who would be left in the zombie apocalypse at this point would be those kinds of people right Right, or, or the
1: lucky people in alexandria <laughs> <laughs>
2: right <laughs> the folks Isn't who that, just never uh, had
0: anything bad happen yeah
3: <laughs> those people that had their plane crash in the andes didn't they ended up end up eating each other
1: yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It was a rugby. It was a, a rugby team, and they. It was. They only ate the people who had already died. Oh, okay. And it was, so they. And yeah. it was. It was. It, it, they fuel that their their dead comrades Helped fuel them to get them to save themselves and to walk down the Andes, and which is so badass and yeah. beautiful. Man, yay! Yay, life. It was called
3: Alive or Survive or something like that. Alive, alive. That was a good movie with Ethan Hawke, right?
1: With Ethan Hawke. Yeah, great movie. Nice pull. I
0: didn't remember he was in that. Uh, Anyways, Karen, listening to you talk about the season like that makes me like it a little bit more.
1: Yay! Not (laughs) that I
0: didn't, but it's uh, uh, yeah. It uh, just hearing it put in those terms. I mean, it was it was a really, really good uh, season. Really impactful and meaningful. And I come back to it. Bob, most important character this season.
2: Yep. Yeah. For sure. All right. All right let me see if I can bring your opinion down a little. No, okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. I'm totally kidding. No. One of the things that I loved about the season, this is my number one, is that uh, they had little things that showed a re- remembrance of things past in the show, the history of the show. Just little things like... Beth mentioned to Doc Edwards that she sings even, and she didn't have to go and sing, but just that continuity of character I like, yeah. or when they're standing on top of the hospital, they see all the scarred Atlanta buildings because we saw them get bombed in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, of course there was Tyrethe's death episode where we see hallucinations of Beth, Lizzie, Bob Mika and the governor and Martin, so just bringing characters back was cool. Um, one of my favorites was that they got th- that RV and then Glenn knew how to fix it and didn't have to say why, but we all know why. Because a certain guy taught him. Yeah, that's Aww. right. <laughs> and then uh, the titles of the last four episodes were from that speech that Dale gave uh, in season one, Remember, Forget, Spend, and Conquer. And then this one, I think even like Rick is kind of acting like Shane at the end, the speech he gives to the Alexandrians, he says, we know what needs to be done and we do it. We're the ones who live you. You just sit and plan and hesitate. I think he's almost channeling purposefully like Andrew Lincoln's purposefully channeling uh, John Bernthal there. And it just reminded me of Shane, so I don't know. Anyways, I just love how they—I uh, love it when a show remembers its earlier history because it just gives it this feeling of cohesiveness. Yeah,
1: yeah and it—and y- and it, it, and it rewards the longtime listeners
2: mm-hmm. for sure. And you want the characters
0: to—to to learn from the past, right? If—if if they didn't seem to ever learn anything or progress then it would be silly but you know having these sorts of callbacks and uh even little things i was re-watching one of the episodes yesterday um looking for something and there's a scene where glenn mentions jim remember jim from season one yeah that's right yeah yeah like just little things like that and i mean a Mm -hmm. lot of casual viewers probably wouldn't even pick up on that or or have no idea who Mm -hmm. that was but um it's it's good that they're putting that in, you know, It it's like you said, it's a good when a show remembers its past. And uh, um, I I think it's important that the characters don't forget what happened to them because right. they have to they have to change. And if they kept making the same mistakes, it would it would get tiresome. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's like TV used to be like that. It was always a reset every week. Mm-hmm. And then like right. Seinfeld came along. There were probably shows before that, but where things would be lasting and they would call back to it a lot and i think tv improved when that happened for sure and
0: and the walking dead does a good job with it right Mm -hmm. um just just keeping their keeping their continuity going and stuff like that
2: yep
3: all right jason you are up with number one all right, so uh, my number one, unfortunately, I didn't plan this out very well, but uh, my number one turned uh, ended up on a negative note, which I I didn't. Uh, now that I think about it, I don't want, but it's too late now. <laughs> uh, so, Let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we just start over? Uh, so my, I think my biggest problem I had with this, is this entire season was that the terminus plot line ended too fast. It was too rushed, like cleaning up the whole thing in three episodes didn't, uh, didn't feel like they gave it a, a enough due. We had a lot of buildup to, uh, to Terminus last season. We had, uh, you know, all following the, the, the signs and then getting there and then uh, being there and then being trapped It was in that huge cliffhanger at the end of the season. And then uh, Rick saying uh, they don't know who they're messing with. And there was a whole controversy over swearing versus not swearing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the we come out of the starting blocks of this season and it's all wrapped up in three seasons or three episodes and in there as well, not just wrapping up, uh, the, the, the terminus plot line, but we wrapped up, we found out and wrapped up the whole cannibalism thing. And I think there was a lot of information there that we could have played out and had a, uh, a lot more, uh, storytelling involved in there. Like how did they, uh, how did they go from surviving, Uh, a bunch of invaders to luring, hunting, and slaughtering innocent people for food. And what really was their motivation for doing this other than, man, we're hungry, right? Which a lot of people are hungry. So (laughs) it just, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, that whole cannibalism thing. And I think they could have played that out, you know, to great entertainment value uh, for a lot longer than they did. So that was... uh, Probably true. Yeah. I just, I thought it was, I thought it was really rushed. And I guess that's my biggest complaint of this season. And I'm sorry I have to end on that note.
0: That's okay. See, I I agree with you on one hand in that it, it was really quick, um, but but the episode was good. I thought and and it was entertaining. It was fun to watch. And then it's not like they just blew up terminus and ran off into the woods and got to the church and that was that. They never you know they never referred to it again. I mean, it, at at least. Um, the termites followed them and we did get the cannibalism stuff and we got the good stuff with Bob and you're eating tainted meat and, and they had to deal with that. And I feel like three episodes for that storyline, for what it was or whatever, or three or four episodes, whatever it was, 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 was right. It was just about perfect. And I wouldn't have wanted that to drag on any longer, but if it was any shorter, I think I'd agree with you more that it wasn't enough. So, um you know could could they have stayed at terminus or could they have i don't know stayed at terminus not really i mean they were prisoners No,
3: no i'm not even i'm not even okay with uh, i'm i'm okay with them not staying at terminus but just yeah. you know play that out a little bit more more mostly the cannibalism and i guess the the biggest thing uh, that i have a problem with in that whole uh that whole storyline is the promise of rick saying they don't know who they're messing with mm. we never got we never got to uh we, we never got that to pay off Like we uh, thought about that for months and months and months. And it's like, oh my God, they're trapped in a train car without any hope of escaping. And yet Rick thinks that they have the upper hand. Holy crap, that's going to pay out awesome. And it didn't. I mean, Carol came in and saved the day. And that was awesome because I like Carol and I liked that episode. But uh, that that promise of what Rick said, uh, I didn't feel like it paid off. That's a fair
0: point, although maybe he, (laughs) clearly Rick was referring to Carol.
3: (laughs) Well, he didn't know Carol was out there.
0: Yeah, I know, I'm just joking, but, uh, (laughs) you know, if uh, Carol saved the day, but yeah, I can see your point, it didn't really pay off in that respect, but at the end of the day, we got a good episode, and we got three episodes of, of them being sort of hunted and tormented by... by by the termites. But then Rick's, you know, prophecy kind of did pay off because when it all was said and done, you know, Rick's plan worked flawlessly and the termites didn't see them coming and they ended up just slaughtering them. So...
3: Rick's plan to have Carol come in and save the day out of nowhere?
0: No, after that. I mean, sure, that's not something you can control or he could control, but once they realized that they were stalking them in the church and they had taken one of their people... You know, Rick came up with a plan to lure them in, and and he killed them all. So, I mean, in one way, they really didn't know who they were dealing with, and they they underestimated them.
2: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Rick's yeah. plan was to do go all MacGyver and like file down shards that they ripped from the side of the train, and then they got sort of blindsided by them throwing that whatever tear gas. Yeah, and yeah. so it didn't. Well, I think when he was saying what he was saying he didn't he didn't realize that was going to happen that's what he was thinking they were going to do is they were just going right. to attack him as soon as they opened that train car
3: right that's right crafty yeah. plan rick
2: yeah
0: i can see your point though like it's it it didn't pay off sort of in as big a way i suppose as it could have but uh yeah anyways uh, okay, me, my last one, number one is, um, Greg Nicotero as a director, and this came up a little bit earlier, but he directed, uh, I think three episodes, No Sanctuary, the first one, What Happened and What's Going On, which was the Tyrese episode and the season finale, Conquer, and... Remember,
3: he did remember to.
0: Did he? Okay, so he did four, but, um, those three, anyways, I think are arguably the best episodes of the season, and, uh... It's just I don't know, it just struck me that Nicotero does so much. He does all the zombies, he's yes. amazing at that. He directs, he's involved in the writing, I think. He's a producer on this show. Um the guy is the guy's amazing. And uh, I He's think working he, on the spin off. Yeah, that's he? right. He's working on mm-hmm. that too. Um that's awesome. yeah. so you know, it's I think he deserves a lot of credit for uh for making this show what it is. And obviously he's not the only person, but he's He's heavily involved, and uh mm-hmm. I think that uh a m c and everybody must have a great deal of faith in Greg Nicotero because they're giving him the biggest episodes, and I just think he's killing it
3: he is, he is killing he's a it. magnificent scarf wearing bastard <laughs> 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 well, anyone who wears a scarf. <laughs> All the time. That's awesome. <laughs> there you go. I agree. I think he's been, uh, th- those are some of the best episodes and I have uh, I have complete faith in anything Greg, uh, Greg Nicotero does with this show. Cool. It's great.
0: All right. Well, that is it. That is our uh, top 10 stuff and things Yay! about season five. So uh, just a reminder, everyone, if you listen to this and you didn't listen to the first half, Go over to walkingdeadcast.com where you can listen to Jason and uh, Karen's podcast where we count down 10 through 6 and uh, now we have the summer off to uh worry about season uh season 6 coming up next. Are you guys podcasting
2: about the spin-off?
0: We will be. Uh yep. yeah, cool. we definitely will be pretty much the same format as as what we do with this uh with this show, so you guys awesome. too, right?
2: I will be podcasting with Melissa Hutchison and my friend Duncan about that. Awesome. Give Karen a break. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, honey. (laughs) You're welcome. That's good. Some time
0: apart is always okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, thanks for coming on, you guys. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank
2: you. I always
3: look forward oh, to this. This is fun. This is always uh, always a lot of fun. It is, happy for sure. Happy
1: five years. Yeah,
3: happy five years.
0: We'll be back happy again. Happy brain.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: We'll be back again well, uh, next, at the end of season six, I'm sure, to do this right. all over again.
1: Let's do it.
2: Cool. All
0: right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Jason and I will be right back after a short break. Stay with us. All right. Uh, that was awesome. That was really that fun. That was fun. That was great. Always, we, always good. Always, always a lot of fun to record with those guys and, uh, you know, hang out with them. Um, a couple things before we just uh, wrap things up here for the night. Uh, I do want to do something we haven't done in a little while, and that's thank some of our new patrons on Patreon.com. Awesome. So at the silver level of support, we have Jessica Houch. I think that's how you say that. Sorry, Jessica. Also, Kevin and Matt Rage. Thank you so much to you guys for the generous donations to the show. And then at the platinum level, we've got Liz, Fabrianne, or Fabrianne, and Ben. Thank you so much to you guys as well for uh, help supporting the show. Your uh, If they are not already, your rewards will be in the mail soon. Right,
3: Jason? Oh yeah, no, the, the ones uh, I've finished the ones for this month.:
0: All right, you're a good man, so look for those. If you want to help support the show, check out patreoncom talking Dead and uh, you could hear your name read out on the air, just like these fine folks. And then the other thing is, I know we had promised recently a review of a few things, but uh, unfortunately, we have not had a chance to do it yet. Two problems have come up. One is that my life has gone crazy. (laughs) And uh, I didn't have a lot of time to podcast over the last two weeks, which is a good thing when you think about it. You know, I'm glad it wasn't the month before because we would have been wrapping up season five and I wouldn't want to miss one of those shows. That would really, really be unacceptable. So things got really busy for me and I just wasn't able to record much lately. But we were supposed to review um, The Walking Deceased and uh, one or two episodes of iZombie. We are still going to do this. The other thing that's come up is apparently The Walking Deceased is a difficult movie to come by right now. For some reason, I thought it was available like on demand and on iTunes and stuff like that, but turns out it's not. So um, I haven't been able to find a copy of that movie yet, and uh, I'm not sure what we'll do about that. But iZombie is available, and we're going to watch that and definitely talk about it on an upcoming podcast as soon as we possibly can, uh, which will be in the next few weeks, hopefully. So if you were looking for that, I apologize for the delay, but we'll get to it as soon as we can. Thanks again to Jason and Karen for recording with us this week. All right, so we'll be back uh, hopefully soon with those reviews. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening.
3: Bye. Bye.